Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Welcome, everybody. So great to see you. Um, as Pastor Dave said, I am Brett. Um, I've been just a little bit about me. I know you guys are wondering, you're asking the question, who is this guy? Um, my name is Brett Long. Nice to meet you. Hi, welcome. Um, I've been at Life Church for about 15 years now, um, since I was 17 years old up to now at 32, just in case you are struggling with that math. I helped you, okay? Um, but during that time, um, I have now been the junior high pastor. This July will be 10 years of leading that ministry. So I'm super excited about that. Thanks. <laughs> um, but through this time, okay, is you might not get to see me that often on stage, but you might see me around this campus like a ghost. That's usually the colorful ghost in these amazing shirts, okay? You guys, you can't really see it, but there's little colorful pineapples all over this shirt, okay? It's, it's one of my best. And if you ever see me in a colorful shirt, okay, it's not for me, I do it for you guys, just so that you know that, okay? Otherwise, you might also see this other person that looks just like me, okay? His name is Sarge. That's also me, okay? So if you ever hear people talking about Brett or Sarge, I am both. So don't get confused. Don't be like, oh, does he have a twin? No, that's also me. Please come talk, say hello. Um, but man, there's a couple things I get to do today. And one of them is I get to give you guys a message. And this message is, is something near and dear to my heart. And then I get to go out and celebrate with a pie auction. It's going to be amazing. If, just in case, I'm gonna tell you right now, okay? If you had plans after this service, text whoever those plans with and tell them to either get here or you won't see them today. All right, you guys get that? I, that's your permission to use your phone in this message, to text message. I usually don't give that, so you got it now. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. There's people that have donated a ton of stuff. There's someone, um, a family here that's donated a car. So come out, man, yeah, buy a car, right? Who wants to buy a car at church? It's amazing. So, man, if you did not know, we're gonna have barbecue, it's gonna be a blast. Come join us. It's all gonna support our family ministry um, for camp. So it will be amazing. But for the message today, all right, it's something that I said is near and dear. It's gonna be this whole message built around sincere faith, around reaching the next generation. Um, and with that, I'm gonna tell you a little story, okay? It ties in a little bit into student ministry. Is, so the reason I got a nickname Sarge is I did serve in the Air Force. Um, and, oh, thank you. <laughs> Okay, and when I served in the Air Force, I have a lot of great stories, but this one is, is I think it just builds on top of student ministry. It makes you understand a little bit about what it's like. And this time, okay, I was a C-130 crew chief. That means I worked on aircrafts. I was the mechanic for them. And what I would do is a lot of times I'd go grab this giant B9 stand, which is super tall, and it was tall so that I'd be able to stand and work on an engine of a plane, okay? And what one time, there's me and my coworker, and we go out to get the stand, and we're getting ready to drag it to the plane. And this giant tow bar wasn't secured. And so we go to grab it, 
and it's like cast iron thick. It falls and just whams me in the head, right? I just collapse instantly, like I'm out. My coworker, I guess, stands there at this time while I'm knocked out. And then I get up and I'm on the floor. I have no idea what hit me. I'm like, what? My head hurts. What just happened? Am I dead? Okay. And I'm like, and then I like look at my hand and it's bleeding. And I'm like, I look at it. I'm like, what happened? He goes, well, you pulled it. The tow bar hit you in the head. You collapsed. The tow bar bounced and then hit you again. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, oh man. And I'm like just bleeding. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, what should we do? <laughs> he's asking the person that just got hit by a tow bar, what should we do? And I'm on the middle of the flight line and I'm like, there's the firehouse. We need to get there. It's like 150 yards away. So I start directing him like he's hurt, okay? And I start walking and I'm just walking. And then I make it about 20 feet, okay? And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm not gonna make it. I was like, I'm gonna take a knee right here. And he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, you run and get me help is what you do. And like, I'm directing him while I'm the one with a concussion and bleeding from my head. Guys, this is a lot like student ministry. <laughs> it's directing students while I'm dazed and confused and don't know what's happening, okay? Just so that you can get an idea of what it's like. So um, what we're gonna be talking about today is though it's, it's something about reaching the next generation. As I said, sincere faith, reaching the next generation. And it's sometimes we feel like we don't quite know how to do it. We feel like, man, we don't quite understand the next generation. That's something that's happened, I feel like every generation since time has began, is we always like, I don't quite understand them. They listen to this new music, okay? I don't understand half the words in it. And you're like, that's just because you're old mom and dad. No, I'm joking. You, some of you guys are like, no, I love the old new music. It's better. Some of you are like, no, let's go back to like ACDC and Van Halen. Okay, if you're listening to that in church, I won't tell you you're a sinner, but you might want to repent. Okay. All right. But we look at this idea of what does it look like to follow Jesus? And then how are we supposed to now be on mission? How are we supposed to reach the next generation? Because we have to do that. We have to be reaching new people. We have to be reaching the students, those younger than us. Um, otherwise, what's happening is the church is growing older and we're not reaching new people who will come up behind us to continue the work of Jesus. And so um, what we've seen at Life Church is something amazing. I love it. If you look in the front couple rows, you will see a lot of our high school, junior high, college students just taking over sections. But what's also amazing is throughout our church, our families coming together, worshiping together, engaging in the message and serving together. It is amazing what's happening here. And I wanna say that's amazing. Y'all are doing it, but we need to keep moving Forward. And that's what this message is going to be about today, is we are seeing multi-generational families from students to parents to grandparents to great-grandparents all coming together and worshiping the God of the universe. And that 
is what this is about. So if you do have your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy chapter 1. All right, let's pray. God, I just pray that as we open up your word, you speak to us today. God, that as we, we read your scriptures, Holy Spirit, that you move here. God, that you work on our hearts. God, that we feel what you feel. And God, that you work in our minds so that our understanding grows of who you are. So God, we just pray this all in your name. God, that your presence is felt today. That your power to move forward fills us, Father. Amen. So, in 2 Timothy 1, all right, we see some great verses here. We're going to start at verse 5. At verse 5, it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering of the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We'll stop there. But in this section of scripture, we'll keep coming back to this section because I think this encompasses a multi-generational faith. It encompasses a sincere faith. It encompasses a lot of what does it look like to reach the next generation. And it's something that we need to remind ourselves that as we move forward, we need to continue to grow and lead and listen. And so um, in this first section, okay, at verse five, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. The first thing we need to look at is we are called to reach the next generation. We are all called to reach the next generation, no matter where we are in our lives, okay? From those in middle school, they're called to reach the next generation. They should be pouring into the students below them. From those in high school, they should be pouring into the generations below them. To those in college, they should be pouring into the generations below them. To those that are starting their, their maybe businesses and doing things, they should be reaching the generations below them. To those that have young families, to those that have older families, to those that have kids out of the house. We should all be doing this. And we are seeing this here. We have seen families come together and worship and grow and know Jesus. And it is amazing. But the thing is, we need to keep doing this. We are called to always be on mission. And I think what we need to be reminded of is we need to be reaching the students. We need to be reaching the people that are most likely to hear the gospel. So I'm gonna give you guys some statistics real quick, okay? Just know, I made them all up on the spot, okay, right now. Okay, thank you. All right, and the first one is most people that come to know Christ 
will do so from the ages of four to 14. That is about 80% is what they say of believers, of new believers will come to know Christ between the ages of four to 14. After that is the second biggest new believers. And that is the age of about 14 to 25. And that's about 10% of new believers. The rest will just keep getting smaller and smaller as we get older, as we get more stubborn, I think, as we get more kind of set in our ways. And what we see though is for us to continue to reach people is we need to continue to reach the students. And we are seeing that. We are seeing families mentor their kids. We are seeing students invite their friends. We are seeing the church continue to grow generation after generation. And it is amazing, but it's not something that we can ever forget about. It's not something that we will sit behind and be like, someone else got this. Sarge, you got this. No, you got this as the parents. And my job is to partner with you, to encourage you, to build you up as you pray, as you lead your family, as you are there. I want to be with you every step of the way. And I will encourage you and cheer for you. And whatever you need, I will pray with you. And that's what we are seeing. And so that's what I wanna tell you guys about. We are called to reach the next generation, okay? Some of you guys are like, well, my kids have moved out of the house. That doesn't mean you're done, okay? I know you're like, thank goodness. Or some of you are like, it was actually really sad. Two different life looks, okay? I'm not gonna tell you which one's better, but what you are now called to do is maybe mentor someone. Maybe you can do different things. Is Man, what we see next here in this, in this scripture is it doesn't just end with that, okay? It doesn't just end, hey, it's so amazing. There's multi-generational faith. You did it. You're done. No, it continues. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Is we are called to fan the flame of the gift of God, that God has given you gifts, that God has made you unique in a way to reach people, in a way to use what God has gifted you with to go out and to make a difference in the new generations, whatever that is. So the next thing we, we see kind of here is that we can all make an impact. We are all given the spirit of God when we accept his grace and love and saying, Jesus Christ, we believe in you. You now have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You now have this, okay? And then we can all make an impact. You now get to make an impact in those below you, okay? And some of you are like, well, how do I do that? I know I have my family and I pray with them and I encourage them and I, man, we went through hard times, but it's okay, we're still there. But you're like, but those other students, okay? There's the others. What am I supposed to do here? And what I'm going to tell you is you can still serve them. You can still be a part of their journey. You can still make a generational impact. And there's a couple different ways. The first one, of course, is maybe if you have some time, you can serve. 
You can serve with the student ministry. You can serve with the family ministry. You can go out on Sunday mornings. You can serve in the preschool. You can serve in the elementary. You can serve with me on Tuesday or Wednesday. Or maybe you can't serve those nights, but maybe we have another um, guys and girls that, that have noticed a need in our students and they have led Bible studies on different nights of the week. Maybe you can do that. You can get plugged in. You can share your faith. You can talk to people. Maybe that's something you can do. Another thing we see of a way to serve is we can, you can serve people by your generosity. If you have finances that you're able to give to make an impact on the kingdom of God, that is you making a difference in students' lives. What we are doing today is we are doing a pie auction. And this pie auction isn't just about buying a car or buying something fancy out there, but it's about what am I'm giving will make an eternal impact on a student's life where we have seen hundreds of students go through camp, go away for a week, read their Bibles, hear messages, worship, get to know a community, and then give their lives to Christ. What you are doing when you are giving to this is you're saying, I want a student to go to camp and to know Jesus. It is an eternal impact. It is something that you can do. It is you making a difference in a student's life that maybe couldn't afford to go to camp. And so there's that way to give. The other thing that I think is a great thing to do is get to know people outside of your normal group. Okay, so when I grew up in Life Church, I was 17 years old. I started coming to Life Church not because I wanted to, but because a friend asked me week after week after week. And he had the gift of perseverance is what he had, okay? Where every single week he would be like, hey, you wanna go to youth group with me? And I'm like, no. Hey, do you wanna go to youth group with me? And I'm like, no, still no. But he kept asking and finally I'm like, if I go to church with you, will you stop? And he's like, maybe. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. So I went to church with him. But what's crazy about this is I lived and he lived out in Sparks, North Los Altos, really far away, okay? I was 17, I didn't have a car. He was younger, he didn't have a car. But what happened is we actually got to know this guy that lived right next to my friend. He worked for Life Church as the worship pastor. And he, we were just out playing football in the street, tackle football, like in the street, like dumb high school kids do, okay? And he comes out and he like starts playing guitar and he's really good. And we're like, whoa, dude, you're like really good. And he's like, yeah. And we just start talking to him and getting to know him. And he's, he starts to share with us and he's like, oh, I go to this church. Would you guys want like a ride? And we're like, it's kind of creepy, but <laughs> my friend is like, yeah. Okay, and he ended up being the worship pastor and he took us to youth group at Life Church for months until we got a car. And he was amazing and he did this. What I'm telling you though, okay, is don't just go roaming your streets in your car looking for kids, okay? I'm not saying that, please don't do that. But maybe what you can do is you can just help get people to church. Maybe your student, if you have a student or you have um, a student that has friends, is you could be like, hey, I'll carpool students to go to church. I can do that. Or like me, okay, is after all this, I came to church. I, he, he blessed me in amazing ways. I ended up giving my life to Christ. All of this stuff, 
okay? I turned 18 and out of student ministry is one of the biggest things. As I told you guys, when most people come to know Christ, but there's a opposite side of that also, is when most people leave the church, is right after student ministry, is from the ages of 18 to 22. That's when most people will either take a break from church or leave. They say about 60% of students. And what we see is it's because of two reasons. The first one is because there's a major life change in their life, right? They're going to college. They're going away. Maybe they're just moving out of their house. They're trying to work a full-time job. And when that happens, they end up not going to church anymore because they feel overwhelmed by everything else. That's the number one reason. The number two reason is they feel like they don't have community at the church. And that's crazy to me. A church is a community. It is a family. It's a family of believers coming together to worship. So what I did, okay, when I turned 18, I didn't even know this statistic then because I was just, you know, a dumb college student now. But what I did is I got plugged into a life group and I was 18 years old hanging out with people in a different stage of life than me. They were a little bit older. I won't say how much older to protect their identities, okay? But that moment in my life was one of the best. That was the moment where I got connected to a community of believers and they poured into me like never before. And it was amazing. To this day, they are still some of my best friends and I still look up to them. It was so, so good. So I, I wanna encourage, man, some of our students, as you look forward to the future, as you do this, as you go, get plugged in not just to the student ministry where that is a family, but get plugged into the church where you guys have each other, where you guys can look up to mentors. And then those of you that are in life groups, don't look down on the younger people, but use it as an opportunity. Use it as an opportunity to grow in relationship where that was so impactful for me. So man, we can all make an impact. If you're in a life group, get to know the people around you. You can make a change in someone's life. If you're a student, get to know the people around you. Don't just stay circled in one little group, but get to know the church. Serve together, serve in kids ministry, serve in the welcome team, serve on the AV team, wherever it is, serve together, get to know people. And then what we see, Keith, Key, I don't know what that is. K is what I was trying to say. What we see, Key, all right? In verse eight, it continues. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The final thing we kind of need to see, all right, is for us, us following Jesus is the best example for the next generation. You as the church, you as the congregation, me as the church, me as a member of the congregation, my best way to show the, the next generation what does it look like to follow Jesus is to live a life that follows Jesus. Not to go and lecture them, 
not to go and tell them, not to just go and, and be like, do this, okay? Who here likes it when someone tells them what to do? No one, okay? No one likes it. Last time I said who, who um, I, I did it the opposite and I was the only person that raised my hand, okay? Who likes being told what, to, uh, what not to do? And it's, it's okay. You guys are a lot more rebellious like me. I like that, okay? But we see this idea of we think we need to go and tell people how to live. We need to be like, just don't do this. Don't do this, okay? Don't do this. But that's not the way to reach someone. That's not the way to engage someone. That's not the way that Jesus shows us. What he shows us when he goes and he calls his disciples is he shows them what does it look like to, to love people well? What does it look like to live in grace for people, to live in grace for yourself? And then what does it look like to walk in faith? He doesn't just go, hey, hey guys, do this. But he shows them. He lives life with them. He engages them where they are. And for us to reach the next generations, for the people that will come after us, for the people that are out there, for every single age, from middle school to, man, a hundred, is, is you need to realize it is your example of following Christ that will have the biggest impact. It's you engaging Jesus Christ in your heart and then saying, I'm going to live this out and I'm going to show it. And when we do that, that's where God works. I asked a student this week of what is the most like, impactful thing about student ministry, and they gave me two things, okay? The first thing is when we worship as students, it is real, authentic worship. We are fully engaged with God at that moment. We love to worship. The second thing, <coughs> excuse me, is we care for each other like a family. We want authentic community. We want an authentic faith. We want a sincere faith that he is talking about, that Paul is talking about at verse five, is we want that sincere faith. We wanna care and love and, and just show people grace and then walk in faith. And we want to move forward. And every single one of us, I think, in this room wants that. And so now, what do we do? The first thing we all need to check within ourselves is have you accepted the gospel? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and gives you grace and that no matter what, he will be there for you? And when we believe in this, now it's not go and judge other people, but it's go love them, show them grace, live in grace, and then walk in faith expecting God will use you. You will make an impact. You will make a difference. You will engage the community. You will reach the next generation. And through that, multiple people will come to know Jesus. And that is what we are seeing here. That is what I'm talking about. That is why I've been in student ministry for over 10 years now, is we are seeing students step up and grow and love one another and saying, I want to go and tell people about Jesus. They're going off to Christian colleges. They're saying, I wanna go into ministry. It is amazing. But this all started here. 
It all started with you, with the families training up their kids, playing over them, going through the hard times, knowing that they had a community of believers playing with them, encouraging them, building them up. And then it's the students here seeing parents and people and and just engaging with God. So today, what I want to encourage you with is continue, continue to go out reaching the next generation in whatever way you can. If that's serving in a different ministry and getting to know the people around you, do it. If that's giving of finances and just knowing I don't have the time, but I can do this, do it. We will have that pie auction. That's a great way, but continue to give generously of whatever it is. Or is it being plugged into a life group of an authentic community and then being intentional about reaching the people around you. When you come to church, don't just ignore the students in the front. I know it's scary sometimes. Like there's, sometimes you just see a mob at the stage and you're like, I don't even know how to get there. What I do is I just force my way in, okay? Maybe you're not as courageous as me, but come, come up to me, I'll help you, okay? I'll be like, hey, hey everyone. Woke? No, I won't do that. I'll just come in and be like, hey, this is this person. Come hang out with me. And that's what it looks like for us to reach the next generation is to live in grace and walk by faith, to have that sincere faith, to follow Christ, and then to engage the people around us wherever they are with whatever we have. And so I just want to pray and then we'll go eat some food and enjoy the pie auction together. Let's pray. Father, I just pray just for each and every person in this room. God, let us not think that the mission ends with us. God, let us just continue to push it forward. We are always going out to preach the gospel. And then God, let us just live in grace, knowing that you gave us an abundant grace. God, let us become more and more like you. Let us walk in faith, knowing that your spirit fills us up and gives us power. God, let us not ever, ever, ever not reach the next generation. We just pray this all in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.